This is a discussion to round a table, episode number 005. Today I sit down with my good buddy Eugene and we talk about our favorite movies, TV shows, and our desert island items. We even talk about the origins of some of our nicknames. Stay tuned for this episode. Alright, welcome back. We're here at Discussions Around Our Table. I'm your host, GR, and today we're here with my good friend, Eugene. Me and Eugene have known each other for, what's it, like 11, almost 12 years now? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. We uh, both work at the same place together. That's how we kind of met. He was one of my kind of instructors-ish type people, if you want to call it that, when I was going through like a training program through there. Um but I guess one of the reasons why we've probably been as good of friends as we have been for this long is we let our nerd fly pretty <laughs> uh, pretty regularly. And I think that's what this episode is going to be all about is a lot of kind of pulling back the curtain to the nerdiness that um, especially me and, you know, Eugene shared. We have a lot of uh, common nerd interests. You know, some of them we might dispute a little bit on, you know, what's the best sci-fi series or, you know, certain opinions but we'll see how those come up so we're going to do kind of a list show today bring up some of the nerdy stuff and we'll see what else where it kind of goes from there so i think we'll do some of the more kind of cliche ones the ones that everyone always kind of asks everybody uh, we'll kind of go you know either back and forth unless you can do you know off the top of your head and so maybe they'll give you some time to think if we go back and forth but we'll go uh what are your top three movies of all time top three movies you know, I'd have to go back if for at least one and two. I'd have to go back to probably what I consider Christmas movies. And it starts out with Die Hard. And then you follow up with Lethal Weapon 1. Now, of course, both of them, because they took place during Christmas time. And so I consider them Christmas movies. Hey, I'm right but, there with you. I think they're Christmas movies because I'm pretty sure, um, you know, Santa is a theme. In yeah. part of it. Yeah. Especially, I think, is it Die Hard that, I want to say there's a Santa hat in there somewhere that, like the guests or like something's wearing or yeah, well, something like that. When they, you know, send Carl's brother down the elevator, they put a Santa hat on him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's in the chair or whatever yep. and they push him down. Yeah. Yeah. I think that qualifies as a Christmas movie. Yeah. And my sister actually for Christmas, I think this last Christmas, got me this it's almost like a kid's book that was all based upon uh, Die Hard. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it rhymes like a, you know, almost like a Twas the Night Before Christmas. But You know who would really love that book? Jake Peralta. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. So number one, Die Hard. Number two, Lethal Weapon. Oh, man. Um I'm probably going to have to go... Hmm. What about something more current? Throw a, a more current... Well, I mean, I was, we'll say than the net last 15 years. I was going to say that, you know, probably getting into some of the more current uh, war movies, I mean, in the sense of, like, uh, Black Hawk Down, uh, Lone Survivor, American Sniper, uh, I'm not really a reader. I don't like reading. Uh, I only read to, you know, get the information I need and then 
I, mean, I don't read for enjoyment. I, so I should check off top three books. Off the yes, yes. We'll, uh, we'll skip past that one. I'd rather read like a thesaur or an encyclopedia to find out, hey, you know, this is the factual information I need to know than to pick up a book and just sit there and read it. But that being said, I did read um, both the American Sniper and Lone Survivor books. and I've been trying to get the uh, one of our friends you know, he put it on his Facebook whatever but I won't read the last Punisher it's supposed to be someone who's in Chris Kyle's unit and I heard that his perspective yeah. but I read on Kindles not usually you know paperback or hardback and it's like still like 10 bucks on Kindle I'm like I don't want to spend $10 yeah. on a Kindle book I want to spend like $3 on a Kindle book yeah. or free because I have Prime and so it's trying to hard to find that but no yeah I'd say that, so that's one I want to read too so uh we'll just lump your third into modern day war movies yeah and i I agree with you i'd say you know my number one of all time and it's an old i mean for me old i mean you know came out in early 90s but i actually really enjoy forrest gump it's because i kind of like that revisionist history type of stuff i mean they don't revise history but it's you know one person's perspective of all these major events but it's just kind of not really too serious not really too funny type movie and you know outside of you know, politics and views and opinions. I actually think Tom Hanks is actually a pretty good actor. I think yeah. most of his movies that I've seen, you know, his Da Vinci Code and um, The Terminal, like some of those ones where he can play like a serious character, but he doesn't need to be the action hero, you know, scaling off buildings type person. But I think he, you know, I've enjoyed the movies that he makes. So I'd say that, you know, Forrest Gump's one that if it's on TV, I almost always watch a little bit of it or if not the whole thing. But it's not as popular. I think part of the reason is it's the, it's a long movie. It's a lot of dedication oh, yeah. to sit down and yeah. watch a two and a half hour movie. Um, but then I throw, I would throw Black Hawk down in there as, you know, one of my top three beyond that, you know, just like kind of a lot of the other top lists, some things are kind of fluid. I mean, there's ones that are like really nostalgic. I mean, it's a really kind of cheesy movie, but one that had a big effect when I was in high school was, you know, like fast and the furious, you know, I had oh, yeah. a little rice burner car going to that movie you know, you kind of—I can't say I relate to it because I'm not a street racer, but just that scene. You know, I'd go to hot import nights, and I'd, you know, had friends who had their own car clubs, if you want to call them that, where they drive around that kind of stuff. I never did the touring thing because you know I had a job and a girlfriend and that kind of stuff. But you know, so I'd put, you know, that in there, or even the, um, not the Hobbit trilogy, but the like the Lord of the Rings, yeah. the Fellowship of the Rings trilogy. Like I actually put, just went through all what six of those movies recently the all six of them that's, yeah that's some dedication uh, yeah it was pretty rough but i mean i enjoyed it and i think the personally i think the lord of the rings trilogy was better than the hobbit yeah i couldn't get into the hobbit like i don't know the was it the hobbit the desolation of schmog and then yeah. what was the last one uh well i don't even remember yeah i can't remember i, I don't think I, oh the was it like the war of something I don't know. I don't yeah. But I, I just couldn't get it. I mean, but I watched it in a really weird order. I watched half the first one. So half for the Fellowship because it's, you know, it's on DVD. So it's yep. a two disc pack. I watched the first disc of the Fellowship, then didn't watch the second. Watched the third movie, so Return of the King, in theaters, like during Christmas time when it came out. And then that hooked me. And so I went back and then watched the second part of one and then watched, was it? Twin Towers or Two Towers yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And then after that, I, you know, whenever Return of the King was on, whatever, I'd watch it. 
whenever it's on TV and that kind of stuff. I tried to watch it not too long ago, and it's one that I think I burned myself out on where, you know, I always, oh, I know this scene's coming up next, it's coming up next, and so it's not as necessarily entertaining, but I think it's because I've watched it a bunch. Well, and I've always had a problem with the prequel movies being done after the fact uh, because, you know, for instance, you know, Star Wars is a huge one where they did that. You have in, you know, the original Star Wars episode four was done back in what the late seventies. Yeah. Something like that. And then episode one was like 30 years later or something like that. And of course, 30 years of, you know, special effects technology and CGI and all that stuff. Your movie is a far better quality and I know they tried to go back and remaster episodes four, five, and six to try and bring them a little bit closer to get rid of that technology gap, but still. But yeah, that like upset like a lot of the purists. I mean, they didn't like that, you know, that it was remastered, that, you know, Yoda was too CGI, and that, yeah. you know, supposedly they changed, you know, if it was Han or the other guy who shot first when it was remastered and that kind of stuff. And yeah. So, you know, for the purists, they don't like the even the remastered versions. Um, one of the podcasts I listen to is uh, still entitled what's yeah, I think it's still entitled the Adam Savage podcast so Adam Savage from Mythbusters well he worked on the second three but the first three and the actual you know Phantom Menace and that kind of stuff and he comments about that, that you know practical effects are have gone by the wayside because it's so much cheaper to pay somebody to put it all into a computer and then you know copy and paste or you know however they do it to make it go through multiple scenes instead of spending weeks or months building a model and then multiple models because if you break one or yeah. whatever and then filming it and doing all those types of things because even like a, in the original one I might have recently he was talking about I think it was him where someone was talking about the the initial title role that that how it's done is actually all written on like a slider or like on a it's all written out on one piece of whatever acrylic or whatnot and then instead of the camera panning they have the actual letters painting, so the camera was fixed, and then they oh. panned the... And so just the effect itself was different, but it's turned into that iconic yeah. title role for that. But, you know, now it's all done with CGI or, you know, whatever graphic effects, that kind of stuff. But you can... I mean, if you really probably put them next to each other, you can see there's probably differences, but it's just stuff like that. that they just don't do that kind of stuff as much anymore, unless you get into, like, the indie scene where, you know, all they do is practical effects, so they can't pay the however much it costs to have a CGI studio put all that kind of stuff together. But Yeah. So we're not going to go top three for this one, but what is the worst movie you think you've ever watched? Something that you probably didn't even make it all the way through and you just had to turn it off and you said, nope. Oh, man. Um, I'm really not into a lot of the whole chick flick, touchy-feely things. I I don't... Uh, my wife enjoys them, and but it's kind of difficult for us to find movies and stuff and TV shows that we can watch because she'll, she wants the either some romance or comedy and I'm more of the action. And uh, so I can usually blend on the comedy aspect, but not usually getting into the romance aspect. So what's that one that has Tom Hardy, Christopher Pine and uh, the girl from like Legally Blonde and some other ones. Uh, no she was from, uh, what was that? Cruel Intention. She's the, you know, Ryan Felipe's main attraction in Cruel Intention. I can't remember what the name is, but they're in a movie like where they're, 
Tom, you know, Tom Hardy's character and Christopher Pine's character are both like CIA operatives. And then they're battling it out essentially over her. So it's kind of a rom-com funny movie, but then it's also kind of got actiony things because, you know, it's more Kingsman kind of slapsticky yeah. action, but it's still. See, that's where know, I really liked uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much yeah. the same kind of theory as that, but they're not together because, you know, she's initially oblivious to why these two people are, you know, but they kind of like try to outdo each other of like ruining each other's dates or doing that kind of stuff to kind of get in it. It's, I want to say it's like, this means war or something like that, I think is what it is. And um, I always forget that actress's name and I, she's definitely not going to listen to this. So I'm not too worried about it, but <laughs> it's, it, it's fun. I think you, you know, I think that you could do a good compromise with, you still get the action because it's got some, you know, CIA, yeah you know, gadgety James Bondy type stuff, but then it also has the romantic comedy aspect that, you know, your wife may enjoy. Yeah. But as, me, far as, but as far as, like, things I can't stand, I I don't know. I Once you start a movie, do you watch the whole thing? Or have, you, have you turned a movie off? Uh, I generally watch the whole thing. I will say that I, uh, and as much as I did fall asleep on the airplane watching the Justice League, uh, the new one, and I never picked it up and watched uh, the rest of it. But yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed the most recent. I guess you know, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of going on. But even that now has kind of gotten. I mean, I get yes, they're superheroes and it's CGI anyways and it's all fake. But some of the newer ones, like I, I couldn't even watch. Uh, I haven't watched Ultron, but it, you know, it's kind of a more of a culmination one. But the. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, like when they're fighting whatever space monster that was, and like yeah. Thor Ragnarok, when it's just, it's just too much. Like I've watched them, like I just, it's well, I too th- far out there that I can't, I, like even watching the trailers on Netflix, I'm like, no, I'm just, I can't. I thought the, especially the Thor Ragnarok, I thought was a little too far out there, but uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. There was, I actually saw this picture uh, rolling through Facebook, but it actually broke out the storylines of each of the characters. And then it showed them cross back for which movies that they all appeared in and then splinter off into which movie, then other movies that different characters appeared in together, but not with the others. And it was, yeah, I know they have like the next like 10 movies are like already planned out and all yeah. these different things. And I was just reading on, um, I think it was like the chive or some of that who always steals their stuff from imager and a bunch of Reddit and that kind of stuff. But they were talking about what you have to agree to, to be a Marvel character. Essentially, if you want to be captain America or iron man or whatever that you have to agree to all press whenever they say, if they call tomorrow and says, hey, we're going to go do a press tour in Europe, you have to go. You don't have a choice. Wow. And if you don't go, they're just going to write you off the show. And now you, that's it. You're done for that character. I mean, they might kill that character because, you know, Tony Stark, his character, you know, is always going to be um, right. whatever, whatever that actress who plays him right now is. Robert I mean, Downey. Yeah, Robert Downey. I mean, it's, you know, he's that. I mean, he, they even changed the action figure to have a mustache now because yeah. of Robert Downey Jr., but it was, I think he had, like, promised to do that. Um, they don't tell you, I mean, very much like how um, Lord of the, or not Lord of the, uh, Game of Thrones is, where they don't get the script until right then, and they're all put onto, like, a, you know, essentially a little desert island where they can't talk to people, where they were saying that before some scenes, they would just put you into a trailer where you didn't have access without your cell phone. You'd read your script, and then you'd walk out, and you'd perform the script because they were trying to keep all the secrets and that kind of stuff, especially with... 
um, the last one, where, you know, Thanos, you know, spoiler alert, but it's been yeah. four months that, you know, Thanos kills everybody or whatever. I mean, I haven't even seen it, but I know that. But You know, it was kind of funny. I uh, went with my son to uh, Emerald City Comic Con in, what, 2017, I think it was. And they actually had a panel there with uh, some of the actors from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And, of course, people are in the audience are asking questions like crazy but and one of the uh, actors uh, was starting to get a little loose lips if you will and there was another one who was like I mean basically trying to intercept and stop him from talking to because he's like no no you were not allowed to discuss any of this and it was before the release date, but everybody knew it was coming, and so they yeah. are under like very strict contracts as far as you can't talk about any of this stuff. Yeah, I mean they have to, you know, I'm you know they sign all the sorts of you know non-disclosure agreements, and I'm sure if there's a very hefty fine, if you, you oh, know, I do imagine. It, I mean, I'm sure you lose out, and then plus you lose out on all future endeavors and that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, if you were, you know. Robert Downey Jr. and you're really successful in the first one and then you decide to screw up and you're not in the rest of them and now he's been in like every single one. I mean, that's millions of dollars that, oh, yeah. you know, you just missed out on the, you know, you're the guy who sold Apple stocks uh, right before <laughs> yeah. they launched, you know, back in the, was yeah. it the 70s and now yeah. you missed out on everything. Um, speaking of, did you hear that the Amazon guy is $50 billion richer than the next closest person. I just was listening to something on the radio today that said that he was the richest guy. And, but I think once you get past a certain point, it just like exponentially grows. I mean, you, yeah, but that's billion with a B yeah. $50 billion more than yeah. the next closest person. That's more money than countries have for budgets. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy. And it's been in a short time. I mean, he was not the richest person like last year, or maybe the year before that, you know, according to the Forbes, whatever list, but Amazon stock just went crazy. And then it was within like a very short period of time with the last, like, I want to say like three to six months, he went past Bill Gates and then he grew even more to $50 billion more to get $50 billion in yeah. a couple months is just unfathomable to me. I mean, that type of money and that type of riches. I'm just wondering if he's making that much of a profit, why do they have to increase my prime membership uh, rates? Someone's got to pay for the robots that, you know, do all the work and they're moving. So they got to pay for yeah. the moving expenses because, yeah. you know, Seattle wants to have homeless people and, you know, clean needle sites yeah. or not clean needle sites, but their mobile injection sites or whatever sites. Yeah. And yeah. so they're like, peace out. Now they're going to go to Arizona where they go yeah. somewhere where they have state income tax. So it's going to be more expensive to be yeah. there, but they find it be more profitable to be there. Yeah. And it's Seattle screwed the pooch on that one. For oh yeah, sure. they did. They're going to lose a lot of money on, you know, that brought in a lot of jobs and a lot of money and, you know, a lot of, I mean, having it as the major hub for deliveries and that kind of stuff. I mean, but you know, they don't really care. I mean, it's all about, you know, we know what's best for well, yeah. everybody. I mean, you, the citizens voted in a socialist yeah. on their uh, city council who then, you know, instigated a riot right after Trump's inauguration in downtown. So, yeah. you know, I guess you kind of get what you, you know. Reap what you sow. Yeah. yeah. But, all right. I can't remember the last movie that I turned, we did bring it all back again. I can't remember the last movie I turned off, but there's been some, like, uh, the ones that just kind of come out of nowhere with, like, 
a plot twist that makes like zero sense. Like um, this is the end with like Seth Rogen and all those people. Like suddenly it's just about aliens. And then there's um, other ones like that. It's like it makes like Manchurian Candidate was that way where it's like it's going along perfectly fine. And then, oh, just kidding. This whole movie's actually been about aliens this entire yeah. time. How'd you not know? It's like, well, that's stupid. So mm-hmm. there's those ones. I, I do remember turning those ones off. And there's been some like, you know, Netflix originals that have come out that I've turned off. But I've found some that actually weren't too bad. You know, the Netflix original oh, movies yeah. and that kind yeah. of stuff. That I'm like, they, they're doing a good job and they have a lot of, you know, latitude because they don't have to necessarily subscribe to the normal censorship type stuff that everybody else has to deal with. And, you know, even their original series ones, you know, tend to be a little bit better. Some of them, and I didn't like like the... You know, Punisher was okay, but Iron Fist was eh, yeah, I didn't not really. very good. And of course, this kind of gets into our nerdum again, but uh, following the... I know that I really liked Luke Cage and uh, Jessica Jones. My wife didn't care about for Jessica Jones that much just because the, you know, she was kind of the alcoholic, uh, you know, yeah. washed up person. But your wife doesn't read, like, violence and... Right, right. You know... Which, at the same time, though, I mean, Jessica Jones, I mean, your your wife is, though, like the, you know, the champion of the downtrodden for some of that stuff. I mean, yeah. she's, you know, her own story is picking me up by her bootstraps and, yeah. you know, making it work that, I mean, not saying she had anything close to, you know, the suffering that Jessica Jones had, you know, not that her suffering was real because it's a story, but at the same time, not discrediting your wife, but, you know, she didn't have it easy yeah. growing up. And so I'm surprised that she doesn't enjoy at least the... Backstory well, I, th- I think Jessica kind of Jones is more, I mean, she's kind of living her life in her turmoil and doesn't really, hasn't really moved beyond that and yeah. doesn't seem like she really wants to. But, yeah. Makes sense. But I agree with, you know, Iron Fist, I was not really impressed with. Uh, I really like the Punisher, but I've also been a Punisher fan from back when Dolph Lundgren was the Punisher. In <laughs> fact, I actually just found that movie at Walmart yeah. recently. In like the 99 cent bin? Yeah. Yeah. I was amazed. You know, he's like a, he's got his PhD in like astro or like, no. he's like, or chemical engineering or something like, he's like a super nerd, wow. like super smart guy. Um, it came up a lot. Like when the, I think when the first Expendables came out, I mean, I'm sure people have known, but it kind of really if, came back to light. I wonder if he used his PhD to help Stallone with all the HGH. Uh, probably, you know, I'm sure, yeah. you know, they're probably synthesizing their own somewhere. So yeah. no way, you know, does normal HGH make a seven-year-old look like Stallone? You know, I was read something that somewhere and I couldn't even source it, but at this point, but they were talking about the people using HGH in, you know, per, as professional athletes that if you use synthetic HGH that they can like detect it. But if the people who are uh, really big, into trying to evade, you know, being detected for that. They actually, like, find ways to, you know, in other countries where they can extract natural human growth hormone from yeah. cadavers, and then they inject it into themselves. Yeah, I mean, because there's no way to necessarily say that, yeah. you know, you don't just have an increased amount. I mean, you don't really do, like, blood doping and that kind yeah. of stuff where they, yeah. you know, I it's very it similar. That, and uh, Lance Armstrong's thing was, didn't he do blood doping? I'm sure. I mean, he he was ended up being steroids too, okay. I believe, but I'm sure he did blood doping. I mean, because I think blood doping is hard to prove because it's your own blood. You just right. take it out, it gets cleaned out, and then it gets injected back into later on and that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, the there's a lot of stuff that, you know, 
there's athletes who sleep in hyperbaric chambers. You know, there's all of this kind of stuff to get that extra edge. And, you know, HGH is one of those. And I don't know any of the studies behind it. I, mean, I don't know. As the disclaimer at the end of all these podcasts will yeah. tell you, we're not subject matter experts. But I want to say that, like, natural HGH really isn't that bad for you, though, because it's something your body already kind of produces. Yeah. I mean, I mean, your body also has testosterone, which is steroids and that kind of stuff as well. But insulin, insulin's a growth hormone. So, um, we, I know that because, you know, my sister-in-law is a diabetic and she just had a 10 pound, 10 ounce kid. Well, she's not a big girl and, you know, she's a twin. My wife's not a big girl and our kids didn't come out big, but her kid did because insulin and she's in type one diabetic insulin dependent is, it is a, um, a growth hormone essentially. And so it caused her child, her two children to be bigger. So I can't yeah. imagine that supplementing with HGH is necessarily that bad. I mean, you know, in my mind, it's probably something similar to stem cells where I remember has some benefits but. when uh, I was looked up online real quick just because I was bored and I watched the Expendables and I'm like, how the hell does Stallone look like that? I mean, being as old as he is, he's got to be doing something. And that's where I kind of, uh, I'd heard about HGH before, but I'm like, eh, what is it? So I look up on, and basically the feds, you know, you know, they're just, oh, well, we think it will cause this. We think it will cause that. I mean, the impression I got in trying to do some research was nobody's really done any testing. They're just making a lot of opinions on what we think it's going to do just to try and keep people from doing it. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially in American society, sports drives a lot of that. I mean, in no other job, if I got fired tomorrow or if I got fined at my work tomorrow, I couldn't appeal to the Supreme Court of, I couldn't even appeal to the Superior Court of my jurisdiction to get my job back yeah. or have my fine reduced. But Tom Brady can do that. Multiple federal judges are yeah. ruling on the legality of a union decision. Are you kidding me? I know. But that just goes to show you how much influence sports has. And so to keep it fair, you know, because the players who can't, afford the hgh or can't you know so they all that you know it's some of that's got to stem from that that will or you know the pharmaceutical companies all those places where well we can't control it but it has a benefit we don't want it so yeah. therefore we need to try to find a way to regulate or whatever and you know i'm sure if, if someone did a study they'd probably say that yeah hgh has such and such a side effect but yeah so does you know Aspirin. If I take too much oh, aspirin, yeah. it's going to cause, yeah. you know, whatever problem, you know, Tylenol is going to hurt my liver and Advil is going to hurt my lower GI. So, I mean, everything that's not, you know, for lack of a better term, plant-based or, yeah. you know, homegrown is going to have an adverse side effect to it. And people accept those adverse side effects because, well, the pharmaceutical company says I need it. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> that'd be a totally different podcast on my opinions on Western medicine, <laughs> even though, you know, I'm a certified emt and i've been that way for 15 13 13 years now i've had my emt license you know i've been through all the medical trainings for that as well as additional medical trainings you know i've done a lot in my opinion on western medicine is we over prescribe all medicines not just narcotics which is the big thing right now but oh you got high blood pressure here take this pill right no go work out yeah. Go change your diet. Try these things first. If you can't do with those things, and actually give it a you know the good college try. Don't just like, oh, I went to the gym like twice last month uh-huh. and I didn't notice a difference. So no, you need to go and do this. And they're actually finding um, that it's a big 
um, they're actually prescri- like they can necessarily prescribe because people have to do it. But um, for the ones where they used to prescribe like low doses of like antidepressants or like those kind of stuff for people with mild depression, there's a swing in people no longer prescribing that and just saying just go work out, go exercise, and yeah. it'll help your depression. And they're finding that that is actually having a big change in the people that have the more mild, you know, the you know seasonal effective and you know ones that. You know, you take one pill every now and then, but if you miss it, it's not going to mess you up. You know, there's people who have legitimate depression issues oh, who absolutely. have that. And, you know, medication definitely does help. I'm not saying that, but and, you know, for my, the ones that... My dad, I mean, he's passed away now, but he was on antidepressants for, I mean, over 10 years after uh, my mom passed away, and he just never got over her death. And so one of the things that I had heard from somebody else is that antidepressants, all they do is put whatever your trauma is that's making you upset and it just puts it on hold. It does nothing to help move you past whatever is making you sad. It just masks the symptoms uh, for the period of time. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, essentially, you know, think of it like a pain medicine, you know, the pain is there. So it's the nerve stimulant saying, Hey, your foot broke. Yeah. But if I gave you a whole bunch of pain meds, your foot's still broke. If you don't go get your foot addressed, it's always going to be broke or it's going to be messed up. It might not be broke anymore, but it's not going to be healed, right? So if you don't fix those underlying issues. So if you don't yeah. lose the weight or if you don't change your diet to affect having a healthier cardiovascular system, blood meds aren't going to do anything. I mean, you know, we worked together with some. I was, you know, unfortunate not to work with them very long, but we both know somebody who got put on medicine and that medicine killed them in the hospital Yeah, because, you know, it was a blood thinner and they, he had, you know, an underlying medical problem and that caused him to essentially stroke out because of that. And when you're putting that kind of, I mean, medicine, you know, so is, uh, yeah, so is alcohol. So is, you know, marijuana. They're all poisons. There's right. an acceptable level of poison to put in your body. Yeah. And all of them, some of them, the, you know, the one that always gets me is like the, I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, I know that you stream most of your stuff like I do, so commercials are a thing of the past, but the it was like a foot fungus cream or like something like that. And like the side effects were worse than yeah. like anything. I'll deal with like... I used to get a kick out of watching those commercials all the time about the list of side effects. And I'm like, I don't see why anybody would choose to do that. Yeah. over. I think one was like, you know, if you have like discolored toenails, take this thing, but it could cause you know, all these like internal problems and like, no, I'm good. Like I'll just wear socks. Like, yeah. Or, you know, maybe I'll paint my toenails or something, but you, you gotta be kidding me. But it's, there's also a reason why, you know, medicine is a, again, a billion dollar industry and, you know, people got to keep doing that. I mean, shoot, they just put, I mean, look at the guy, you know, got in trouble with the guy who bought all the HIV medicine, um, Oh, yeah. Patents. And then yeah. said, you know what? I know you need this to live, but I'm going to jack the price up. And man, if he wouldn't have done that, I bet you he wouldn't have got caught for all the other stuff. Yeah. But he pissed off the wrong people at the wrong time, and they went after him and found all his dirty secrets. And guess what? Now he's in prison. Yeah. So good luck. But you, I mean, that's one thing you don't mess with is, again, people's meds. I mean, EpiPens went up a crazy amount and outrage came out and then like, oh, maybe we should look into this. I think EpiPens are still one of those that are expensive, but I also know there's a shortage Um, when um, the hurricanes happened down in um, San Juan. That's where a lot of medicines actually made is down in um, Puerto Rico is from um, 
one of the boards that I sit on is an EMS council board. Yes, I know I just said I don't like Western medicine, but I still am a contributing partner in it. And so um, I sit on a county EMS council as well as a regional EMS council, and they talked about that they are having difficulty even getting medicines. I mean, a lot of stuff got diverted down there, but I think that's also, um, I think if I heard it right, they make like IV bags, like IV solution and that kind of stuff <laughs> was made in Puerto Rico. And so, well, when you devastate a country and yeah. they can't even get power because, you know, they have to ship in generators, those, you know, do you think people are going to go to work to make insulin for all the unprivileged Americans on the mainland? Probably not. They're going to go, if they're even still alive, they're going to go try to save their house or go, yeah. you know, whatever. And so there's been a huge shortage that, you know, fire department agencies and even hospitals are having difficulty getting medicines that we've actually had to change our protocols that says you're allowed to keep expired medicine beyond its expiration date for emergency purposes. Like if you run out, well, it's better to give somebody an expired med yeah. as long as it's still clear and it has, you know, you have to go down this checklist, but it's better to give them that than give them nothing at all. If somebody's going into anaphylactic shock and the only reversal for that is epi, it's better to give them some expired epi that's been bad for, you know, quote unquote bad for 30 days than yeah. it is to not give it to them at all. Oh, absolutely. And so they've had to change their protocols where now they put into what they call their disaster preparedness locker where, you know, this is for the MCI or, you know, mass casualty that occurs. So you use all your normal stock, but you have more patients than you're planning on. You can now pull from that locker or if you just can't get it and it's, but you know, it's again, a cost thing. Yeah. It's, you know, crazy amount of money. Um, we were just talking about, you know, my daughter's insulin dependent. Somebody asked me, well, how much does it cost? If we didn't have insurance, we'd be spending over a thousand dollars a month in just insulin. Wow. I mean, insulin is one of the most expensive liquid per ounce, you know, fluids that are out there. I mean, I think the only thing more expensive is like snake venom and like printer <laughs> ink. And it's just a ridiculous thing. But, you know, it's one of those things where I know it doesn't cost them very much. And I know, you know, insider secret here, the bills that you're getting from your hospital, uh, it does not cost them that much. I worked for an ambulance for a while and we used to charge, if you, if you equated it out over the actual cost of the entire box of gloves, we were charging patients a thousand dollars for a box of gloves. For a box of gloves, because it was like they called it some OSHA fee or something like that, which is essentially our personal protective equipment, which will on every call that's gloves. So me and my partner, that's four gloves we would use per call. We maybe we'd use a couple bit more, but they would charge. You know, I forget what it ended up being, whatever that equates to being. You know, it was like twenty five dollar OSHA charge or whatever that. So you figure that out over a case of gloves, it was like a thousand dollars, and that was that twenty five dollars would. Buy you a case of gloves. Yeah. And that's, you know, I buy gloves right now for, you know, where we work. And I buy like 20, 20 or 30 boxes of them for 800 bucks. I think yeah. I spend maybe 1400 for a couple cases, which is still a lot. I mean, they're yeah. gloves. I mean, and how much we use them in our job, it's, you uh, know, We use them all the time. We're always running out unless you're a, like a triple extra large, I think. It's like we have like a case of those left because somebody accidentally clicked, you know, 10 instead of one on the quantity. <laughs> um, but... Well, I know I carry, I'm, I mean, I have a special pouch just full of gloves because I don't want to run out. Yeah. I mean, I have, I carry them, uh, I have a pouch on me, on my belt, and then I have them usually in, if I have my jacket, I have some extras in my jacket there. I have them in um, our little aviator pockets that are along the side. Whenever we get a new box in, I always throw a box in my trunk. Yep. And then I have a box up front with me. So if I'm on my way to a call, instead of taking the gloves I have on my person, I grab the gloves out of my car yep. and put those on. 
and then we always have them over by evidence. And then we always have them, you know, I have one in my evidence kit. So, you know, they're, they're a commodity. So yeah, I could find gloves if I needed them, but I also eventually those run out and then yeah. I got to go find new ones. So, so there's some times where, you know, I'm a slight person, you know, I wear mediums for the most things. And, you know, so a medium gloves, what fits me, but every now and then I've had to squeeze into a small or, you know, have the, the big know, floppy fingers. jelly fingers of a large, yeah. but it's crazy that we run out because we shouldn't, but yeah. you know, that's budgeting and whatnot. I mean, that's what, that's when we found out this year, uh, we just had somebody take over our, one of our administrative positions and, you know, he was going through, going to order something that he was supposed to order. I think it was ammunition or something like that. And he saw, Oh, you know, here's this budget item. It says ammo. And he spent all of it, the entire budget ordering ammo. Well, he didn't look that my budget was also under there. So, I went to go order gloves, and they said there was like hundred bucks in there. I'm like, well, and I'm, well, I'm afraid to even look because I know there's stuff I need to order that fall under, you know, my responsibilities as well, and uh, and I have a budget line that addresses that. But I'm afraid to even look, and I know I need to place an order, but I've been, I mean, operating under the assumption that it's probably already been spent, mm-hmm. and. Well, and so we don't, we're now we're out of medium gloves. I don't know if there's a budget to go get more. We're going to have to find, I had to yeah. find this money from somewhere else because we decided to stop paying for some computer program. And so I, we diverted that money into my glove money. Well, now we're out again. Wow. I don't know if there's another place to go divert that money from. And I think it's too late because it's July to go do a budget. Oh, yeah. Real, you know, that's usually like last month or the month before, but I just noticed, you know, because I don't take gloves when I have them in my car. And so, you know, it's only maybe every couple months I'll go grab a new box of gloves, but I don't know what they're going to do. But I don't know. You know, I gave that uh, job duty to another officer, so that's his problem to sort out, I guess. <laughs> I'll give him some advice on it, but, you know, it'd be a good, uh, it'd be a good practice for him to, uh, you know, do a, what is it, like a crisis management or uh, something yeah. like that. But anyways, we diverted way, way, long, way, way far way, away way. from where we were, but hey. If you listen to the first episode, I said that was that's what's going to happen. So we'll go back to top three TV shows. So no longer movies. Now we're going right. to go to the, what is it, the silver screen? Is that the, what's on the TV? Or silver screen big TV? I don't know. I don't know, whatever. So we'll go to the top three TV shows of all time. So probably my favorite uh, has got to be the A-Team. And I realize it's super corny, but... Like Mr. T A-Team? Like yeah, the original? like the original A-Team. In fact, I own all five seasons on DVD. Uh, I grew up watching those. My parents tried to convince me that it was nonviolent or that it was violent programming and so that I shouldn't be watching it. However, I pointed out with the millions and millions of rounds that are fired in that series, I think there's only twice where somebody actually gets shot. I isn't mean, that, isn't that kind of like the big joke that like no one yeah. ever dies on? In the fact, they and then they always like blow up the jeeps as they're driving away, and they uh, always make a point to show the people crawling out. So you know, the jeep, the explosion goes off under the jeep, it flips over, big fireball, and then they have the scene of the people crawling out from under it, so you know that they're safe. But, so that's probably my favorite. Uh, the then I'd have to say uh, Star Trek, and if I narrowing it down, I would say Star Trek Next Generation. I've always been kind of a Star Trek nerd. So you're a Picard over a Kirk? Oh, yeah. Or a Picard yeah. over a, what's Voyager's captain? Janeway. Janeway. Yeah. I mean, I like, 
I'm pretty open to all the uh, Star Wars or Star Trek, I should say. Sorry. Um, so even like Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Enterprise, Nine, and I would say Deep Space Nine was the, in my opinion, in well, in some ways, it was the worst. I really liked seeing them explore the Klingon Empire a lot more in Deep Space Nine uh, because once they brought the Klingons into uh, fight the Dominion. Uh, I really like to see more of that. Uh, but generally, especially in the early years of Deep Space Nine, I was not a fan. Uh, I mean, I still like it because it's Star Trek, but uh, I was not a real big fan. But I know you don't like all things Star Trek. Because if I, you know, bring up, you know, Christopher Pine in the Kelvin timeline. Oh, don't even, yeah, don't even get me started on the Kelvin timeline. I mean... In all of the, I mean, I don't can't tell you how many times in Star Trek they've gone back in time, and they've always gone back to fix whatever the mistake was, you know. In First Contact, you know, the Borg go back in time to assimilate Earth in the past because it's easy pickings, and so the Enterprise follows it back to eliminate the Borg threat, and the timeline's restored, but. For some reason, the Romulans come back in time to, you know, attack and they want to destroy Vulcan, but they also end up attacking the USS Kelvin and destroying it. And it completely rewrites the origin of Star Trek and everything that has come out from then on doesn't exist anymore. And that, uh, I'm just waiting and... I realize they won't do it because, you know, they enjoy having this freedom of creativity that they're not bound to Star Trek canon. But I'm just waiting for them to go back and fix it and say, oh, well, okay, now all of a sudden somebody comes, travels back in time, you know, at that point to before the Romulans came and they found a way to destroy the Romulans and the timelines are stored and we can go back to the Star Trek canon we all know and love. So even if it was the last one that came out, if they went all the way back to the new Star Trek, the Christopher Pine, you know, Zachary Quinto Star Trek, and they righted that wrong, would you give them a hall pass for all those movies until then? Or do you think that the damage has already been done, you're not going to be able to forgive, you know, the change that they'd made? I, I would probably be inclined to give them the hall pass. I mean, if they could fix what they've screwed up so to speak. And, you know, and like I said, I know that they enjoy this uh, freedom to not being bound by existing Star Trek canon. And they found creative ways to introduce Khan that was different from how Khan was introduced before. And they, uh, but I really would like to see it all fixed. Yeah, I can see that. But I, you know, and I don't, I definitely never watched the original series. I mean, I can say I've maybe watched parts of one or two episodes my entire life. So to me, it wasn't that big of a change. To me, when I watched it, I actually enjoyed the um, Christopher Pine Star Trek. I mean, it was just, you know, they made it look old and kind of retro as far as the ship was going. You know, the ship was familiar and the characters were familiar, but it was one that I could, I guess, relate to or get in on because I didn't know the original story. So I actually really enjoyed the first one. Um, it's hard to find the, what was it, the 
second one, one with Khan. Yeah. That one's actually pretty hard to find streaming anywhere. You have to rent it. Where, like, you can get the Beyond, the, you know, where they're out on whatever planet that was with Krill or yeah, whatever yeah. that guy's name is in that kind of but Crawl. <clears throat> it's a Crawl, yeah. yeah. Which essentially seems like the exact same story idea as Khan. I mean, it's yeah. a human that, that got genetically changed into something. I mean, but, you know, Star Trek, you know, not to... Not to start a big fight right here, but Star Trek really isn't super original with their storylines. Oh, no. If you go back looking at, you know, all of the different Star Trek series, you can find a lot of repetitive story themes where they just continue. You know, it, they may have done this in the original series and now they're doing the exact same thing again, just with maybe a new villain or something like that. I mean, the story theme is the same yeah. the one i noticed the most with was uh, when i watched the entire voyager series all the way through i remember like all the things they got into was always because they accidentally broke a rule of a planet they were on yeah. they didn't know that this was a thing or they did happen across a prohibited part of space or whatever and that's what caused the conflict of the show or the couple episodes or that season or whatever and then you know again they just continue forward you know flying through the um Delta Quadrant. The, the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. And then, um, which, by the way, the ending of that whole thing. Which, oh, you know, well, it's the cheesiest of endings. But I get that they were they said, hey, we're canceling the show. We right. want to have some finality to it. So right. I at least appreciate that. But the end was like, oh, here's this tube system that will get you right back to Earth. Go ahead yeah. and fly through it. Really? Come on. <laughs> like, out of everything, like, that's what, you yeah. know, it, you had this special space machine that sent us out here. But now you have this tube machine that's been here the whole entire time. Yeah. That, so, but... You know, it's still enjoyable. Um, I actually was just looking. I was, you know, every now and then when I stay up late for the shift that I'm on. Um, I was watching some TNG, um, so I started over kind of from the beginning. I'm, I mean, Tasha Yar's still alive, so that's how early oh, I wow. am on that. Yeah, that but is early. There's one episode that I remember from growing up that was always kind of that one that always stuck in me. And it's the one. It's um, it's called Genesis. It's where they all morph oh. back into some pre. Yeah you know, some early formation of whatever their genetic code is. So, you know, they turn into, you know, ape-like creatures or, you know, Worf turns into, you know, like a big yeah. werewolfy type of thing or whatever. But Although I, I, I think, I thought that was later on yeah. in the so, series. No, this is it. And okay. so growing up, that's one of like the episodes I really, really remember. But I don't remember towards the end, but it's like the third to last episode or it's somewhere in the last season for sure. And, and I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it. Like, I can't wait till I watch. I see that one because I remember I that say, from my I, childhood. I but remember I, that was like near uh, the latter part of the series. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's one that always stuck. I remember watching the movies a bunch. You know, I remember Generations and First Contact, and um, I forget what the one after that one after First Contact was, but or Nemesis and yeah. um, some of those. But another one I always remember was uh, who was the kind of the the dwarfy guy that um he was always scared of everything barkley yeah barkley so then he like grabs onto that creature inside the um teleportation oh, yeah like, inside the transporter yeah and like pulls it back like for whatever yeah. reason that episode stick out in my head too but i remember barkley was a big part of genesis yeah because well. he turned into the spider i think yeah yeah and so and why why that was one stick out in my mind i have no idea but i will say that one thing that I haven't really gotten into simply because I'm not going to, you know, spend money into CBS's little scam there is I, aside from the first episode, I have not really watched 
Star Trek Discovery. And I really want to, but I don't really... CBS is trying to launch their streaming service, and they're trying to use the popularity of Star Trek to get their streaming service launched. And so they put the first episode out to, you know, Hulu and everywhere, but the, all the subsequent episodes you could only get on CBS all access. And yeah. And you know, they should look at blockbuster as the model for not to do that. Yeah. You know, Netflix came out and actually Netflix offered their, their idea to blockbuster first and blockbuster said, no, we're not interested. So, so Netflix just said, or maybe was it Netflix? Yeah, I think it was Netflix, not Redbox. But they offered the service to them, and they're like, "No, we're good." Yeah. And then where's Blockbuster now? They're gone. But yeah. they tried to do the the original Netflix of you know it was more CD based. Streaming wasn't right. really a thing, but it, they failed, yeah. and it was the exact same thing. And I can tell you, if you're not Netflix, if you're not Hulu, if you're not HBO Go, you're nobody. Yeah, you know, maybe even Amazon Prime. But even Amazon Prime, I don't go to that as often. And, you know, there might be some you know, people who do, but... I go to Amazon Prime every now and then simply because I have it. But I really don't, uh, you know, it's not my primary. I mean, I usually go there when I'm looking for something that I can't find on anything else. Yeah, I mean, every now and then, I'll, like, they have some um, series. Like, I'm watching um, Animal Kingdom, which has absolutely nothing to do with animals it's all about like a family that are a bunch of you know robbers and that kind of stuff but that's on there and i actually really like their uh i just watched justified on there yeah justified's on there it's where originally um the americans was only on yeah. there um so there are some things and some movies but like usually if it's on i found if it's on hulu movies it's usually on yeah. amazon prime yeah. for movies there's, and there's not very many and i'm having a hard time finding a new series to kind of watch right yeah. now but i'm trying to bounce and forth between different ones but well, I found a new series to watch, and you are partially responsible for sucking me down that rabbit hole. Yeah, we'll go to that on my uh, top three <laughs> TV shows here. So we got your two. We'll go back. We keep diverting off. Yeah. But uh, what is your third in that? So you got um, 18 was your first. Mm. The Star Trek universe, we'll say, it was your second. Yeah. And specifically TNG, if I had to pick one out of that. But, um, hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know what... I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I like to watch, uh, but I don't know. I really like watching uh, Vikings. Um, yeah, I'd say that, you know, from the conversations we have at work, I'd say that you bring up Vikings yeah. often. I mean, not not to the point, I'm not saying it's ad nauseum, but you know, when we're discussing different shows we're watching, that kind of stuff, I'd say it's one that you would bring up more often than not. I think one of the ones that is definitely one that I bring up all the time because I have been watching it forever, but it's South Park. Oh, yeah. Why isn't South Park on your top three? Yeah. Like, I, as I soon did, as you were saying that, It I'm didn't like, occur yeah, to duh. me until just now, and then I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I quote that show constantly. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it was early on in our friendship that I said, if you ever ask me a question that says, Did, remember that episode of South Park? You just automatically input my answer up. No, I have not. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can tell you I've maybe watched two episodes of that in my entire life. Like, I just Maybe like, one of the movies. I just like the fact that nothing's off limits you know they you know except for when they kind of got censored by comedy central on uh, whether or not to show the prophet muhammad uh, in the episode uh you know aside from that and which is funny because they had actually done a previous episode where uh, the prophet muhammad was part of the super best friends you know 
it was kind of like a Justice League. Um, but that wasn't an issue at that time. But then later on when uh, it became an issue and they're like, and Comedy Central said no. Then we'll do that. So in your list would then be, we'll add the, would you still put South Park at the bottom of that list? Or? Uh, man, I don't know about ranking it uh, so much. But yeah, I'd say at the bottom of the... Um, I would put it at uh, A-Team, Star Trek, and then South Park. Vikings, I really like. Uh, it probably wouldn't go into the top three, but... Yeah. So, I mean, for me, you know, my number one, and I said this on the previous episode, and I just recently got you into it, so hopefully you get just as hooked as me, <laughs> but Game of Thrones is, you know, my number one. I mean, it's one that I've watched all the way through twice now. I'm, you know, excited for the next one to come out. And I got into it late. I mean, I got into it like season four because I mean, I didn't have HBO and that's the only way. I mean, I'll tell you for streaming sites, HBO does do it right because if you don't have it, you don't get to watch it. It's right. not like, oh, I'll catch it on TV somewhere or anything like that. You know, you got to find somebody who's got an HBO Go password to let you use it or buy the whole DVD pack and watch it. Luckily, um, I borrowed him from our buddy and you're borrowing from him now. And that's what got me hooked initially. And well, and he's only got the first three seasons and I have another buddy that's got every one. So once I'm done with these first three, then I'm going to get seasons what, four through seven and they're what making eight right now. I think, yeah, I think eight's the one that's going to come out and you surprisingly, I mean, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but seven's only like seven episodes. Like all the other ones are 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And then this one, seven. And, and if you know you're going to cancel the season after this next one, or not cancel it, but just yeah. have some finality to it, why only puts, like, you got to give, like, I'm more, like, disappointed than, like, feeling without. It's like, come well, on. I think like, part you, of the thing is that's become the trend in, you know, TV as a whole. I mean, I remember as a kid, even if you go back looking at Star Trek, you know, you're, you would have, like, 23, 24 hour-long episodes per season. You know, you'd be up in the 20s, whereas now, I mean, you're lucky if you can, I mean, you'll get maybe 12, maybe 13 sometimes. And what well, I've noticed that that's like, if you're on, if you're on a network, ABC, NBC, Fox, all those ones, they'll do the longer series. They'll usually take a break, you know, they'll do a break. So, you know, you'll still be in season whatever, but you'll get the first 12 to 15 episodes and then they'll take a you know month long break and you come back and you get the next 12 and it'll still be on that one season so if you pull it up on netflix you know you can still yeah. find ones that are like we just finished gray's anatomy up to this point and those were all 20 something episodes um i just finished brooklyn 99 those were 18 to 20 episode seasons that kind of stuff i still think it's common but then if you go to all the netflix original series all the hbo series all those ones those for whatever reason are only 10 yeah and some of them are even short i mean um I guess, you know, Brooklyn Nine was on the, but um, I watched uh, Ballers with um, Dwayne Johnson where he's a sports agent. <clears throat> it's on HBO. They're half-hour episodes, and they only did 10. Hmm. You can't tell me. I mean, I'm sure Dwayne's really expensive. Oh, yeah. But I'm guessing he's not more expensive than Kit Harrington yeah. or you know, those, you know, any of the people who are on Game of Thrones now. Well, and we used to watch The League all the time. And yeah, that again, was, that was such a good show. That was another one where, you know, they would only do... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yep, ten episodes or so, and yeah, um, but a similar one. I mean, I guess you know, kind of similar to the league. You know, my number two. When I initially watched it, I did not like it. I thought it was the stupidest show that is out there. But The Big Bang Theory, oh yeah, is a great show. And Kaylee Cuoco, now that she's no longer Cuoco sweating, but 
she's one that you know uh, she she every now and then will make an appearance in the top five list. You know, depending on what she's in. You know, depending no, if I yeah, rotate I can, somebody out and that kind I of thing. I can see that. I've and know. that's actually a series that I started watching with my wife because I figured, you know, it's comedy. It's you know something I can get her into. Doesn't have a lot of intense action and. Yeah, actually, when I first saw it, I watched it at my buddy's house in the next town over. We're just over there doing whatever, and he had it on. I watched it. I'm like, you know, and not to, again, not to get into the politics. I was like, are these gay? like this is like are these gay roommates? Like I just don't get it. I mean, it's yeah. just very, you know, metro. You know, nothing against that, but I just when I saw it, like I just didn't get it at first. I mean, I just didn't understand what it was trying to portray or whatever. But then um, when my wife was in labor with our son, you know. Husbands don't do much when wives are in labor initially until, you know, the actual pushing comes along. And even then, I stayed at the head of the bed because I don't want to see yeah. the, the carnage that's going on. <laughs> and hate me if you will for that, but uh, all guys do not need to see what's going on when that is there. You're there to support them, and they have, you know, friends and family, moms and sisters that can help with the rest I of it. I actually got some advice from a former co-worker of ours, uh, I mean, long time ago, but his advice is that area is very precious to a guy and what happens to it during childbirth. No guy should ever see. Yeah. I would definitely, cause it'll forever ruin your image. If yep. you will. I do agree that. But with that, we were in the hospital. I think that day I was working graveyard. It was long, you know, shift, you know, there's, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how light I was up. I know it was at least for two full days. I think it was closer to 60 hours that I was up straight. Um, but anyways, to bring it all back, I binge watched um, the Big Bang Theory in the hospital because you know mom's doing her thing. You know she's got the kid doing. You know I would do. You know take him every now and then. But when he's sleeping, she's sleeping or whatever. I watched so much of that, and then it was I was hooked. It was I watched it all the way up until I got caught up, and now it's one of those things where you know I got to do the weekly DVR thing when it yeah. comes out. You know they're on a break right now, but it was something that it just and it's it is one of those kind of the storyline doesn't really have a lot of detriment that can come to it. Like, you know, they're not killing off characters. Right, they're not doing right. that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's still like one of those things like, oh, what is going to happen next week? Oh, are, you know, Leonard and Penny going to get married or they're broken up again? What's going to happen? Oh, is Sheldon ever going to find anybody? And then, you know, characters you think are actually somewhat new. You're like, oh, shit, this person's been on here for years now. I Although mean, I got to say, I still don't understand how the whole Leonard and Penny thing happened. I mean... I would say that Bernadette and um, Waldowitz, that makes le- less sense than me than Leonard and Penny. Yeah, I can see that. But I don't know. I guess because I lean more towards Kaylee Cuoco than uh, I'm not sure what uh, the actress something is. Something Roch, like R-A-U-C-H or S-C-H or something oh, like that. But, yeah. And that's not even her voice, you know that? No. Her voice is completely different. Hmm. There's, I've seen a couple interviews you know, with her and... You know, she's a, you know, a comedian person, you know, she, but she doesn't have that like nasally kind of voice. It sounds, you know, completely different. One and of the then, things I like about it though, is I like that there's a lot of nerddom that goes on in there uh, because, you know, I'm that way too. I mean, they're constantly at their comic book stores and they're, you know, talking about three dimensional chess from uh, Star Trek and, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They, play a lot of the same video games that we play and that kind of stuff, or at least reference them in the same movies yeah. and that kind of stuff. You know, and speaking of the comic book store, Stuart is a very, I think, underappreciated character. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I know it's his, you know, 
is how it's written, but I actually feel bad for the guy. Like I want him to finally like, yeah, have some success or something. But you know, and now well, you know the le- the latest season. You know, spoiler if you haven't seen it, is that his store because of hipsters, oh, hipsters, yeah, have you know made it super popular. Now he's got you know some you know attractive female and they're working with them, and he's just, you know become more successful and that kind of stuff. So you know, it looks like it's you know Stewart's character well, is taking hoping, a turn for the best. But I'm hoping that's gonna work out. I mean. But yeah. you never know. Yeah. Um, but before that, I mean, the, my number three, and it's actually almost impossible to find on streaming because there's some big, I won't say it's a lawsuit, but it's kind of like the people don't want to necessarily release it into syndication. That kind of stuff is Third Watch. Oh. It was like an early, like a late 90s, early yeah, 2000s, um, for lack of a better term, police periodical type show. But it was about cops. It was about firefighters. And it was about... I think they had a little bit of hospital stuff in there, but it was mostly police and firefighters. And I can't tell you why I liked it, but I think maybe just the time that I liked it. But, it, you know, it was one of those, that was a good storyline. You know, it wasn't The Shield was Dirty Cops. And it right. wasn't Rescue Me where it was all about one character and his, you know, alcoholism and his family and that kind of stuff. I mean, it was kind of more of like an ensemble cast. And, you know, they had all these storylines, but they all showed how they co-mingled and that kind of stuff. But Well, and I think that's something that we can... Uh, like the commingling we can appreciate because we have really good relationships with i mean our fire department and our emergency room staff and things like that and so um where in other jurisdictions you know you can't find cops and firefighters get along at all no i mean Uh, i mean we definitely you know we have the the rivalry and all that kind of stuff but ours is very much a friendly ribbing oh absolutely but you know, you know, I say we're definitely close for the fire department than we are the hospital, but I think we have a yeah. mutual respect for the people at the hospital and that kind of stuff. We'll go in there and, you know, talk with them. We, we don't go out of our way necessarily talking, but on weekends, you know, the firefighters, you know, we call it firefighter breakfast. They'll have us yep. over in the mornings and, yes, taxpayers, we take breaks, you know, get over yourself. Yeah. Every, everybody gets a lunch break, so we take a breakfast break. You know, we go over there and it is some of the funniest conversations. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know, admin don't listen. Some of the most inappropriate conversations, but... <laughs> You know what? It's it's how we in this profession and in their profession deal. It's how yeah. we decompress. It's having common jobs. You know, they have a job where they can't talk about certain people because of HIPAA rights. Well, guess what? We were on that call, so they can talk about it and we can joke about it and we can have these you know conversations. And trust me, all of us are going to do our job every day and we're going to treat everybody with respect. Yeah. But if you do something that we find to be funny, we're not going to laugh at you about it when you're there but when we get back to the station we're going to talk about that you know quote-unquote crazy person with poopy pants running down the street and how it's just not something you see every day yeah and you know what we're going to deal with it at the time we're going to treat that person with compassion and respect but when we go back to the station you know someone's probably going to get a nickname like (laughs) i just try to give somebody a nickname for you know to be officer poopy pants because somebody threw their poopy pants at him and that's what he literally said was you just threw poopy pants at me (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know about everybody else's uh, rules when it comes to nicknames, but you know I know that you're the keeper of the nicknames for our department. That nicknames you might initially get a picket, but eventually you earn one. Yeah, and that's it. Unless it's yeah. derogatory or in some way, you know, insensitive to the point of yeah, that's not a good one. You don't get to have a say. Well, and you know, and people will suggested nicknames for, that I've shot down because of just that thing where it's like you know. I don't think that that person would really appreciate that nickname. I mean, whether it's 
good fun and ribbing somebody, that's one thing. But, you know, giving somebody a nickname that may call out something that they're not real proud of or something like that, that's completely different. Yeah. But, you know, we have a guy named Ricochet because he blew out the window of his car with a handgun. We have a yep. guy named Crash. At a training. Yeah, yeah, at training. At training. Um, we have a guy named Crash because, you know, he crashed your car when you were an FTO. Yep. Um, you know, we have one named Hollywood because she can't keep herself off the TV. And she's yeah. actually going to get interviewed again coming up. Fox is coming over to interview her oh, again. Wow. So she's going to be on there again, which means pizza for everybody. Woo-hoo! So as everybody doesn't know, the rule of law enforcement, and I'm pretty sure it's in the Geneva Convention. It's somewhere. That this it's got to be. Um, has to happen. If you make the, the media in the newspaper, you owe... A box of donuts. Yeah. Or we've now changed to tasty treats. Some people want to say that, that can include a veggie tray, which, which is not true. That is we'll, absolutely not we true. We will consent to a meat and cheese tray. Yeah. So abs- that's why yeah. we've consented to it's tasty treats. Um, sometimes I bring in pies every now and then. When I was on FTO, my trick to FTO, so anybody who's looking to become a police officer, my trick to FTO is if you were kind of having a bad day, is you buy your shift pizza. So then at least they keep you around because they get pizza. So yeah. just a little insider training on that. If you make the paper, that's a box. Yep. But if you make the front page above the fold, that's two. If you make the video yeah. news, so if you're on the news, if you are the news, especially for us, that's like, that is pizza. That is you owe. Yeah. You owe big. Big And time. it's not something that you get a back out of. You're going to get ribbed for a long time well, until it's there. We actually had a kangaroo court convened uh, to address this very issue and it was kind of funny because it was it was a couple of well a previous administration for our department but uh, we actually had several sergeants and corporals and all kinds of stuff involved in this kangaroo court and the chief himself was called in as a witness in the kangaroo court which was rather hilarious because as he's sitting there and he's getting cross-examined in the kangaroo court, he looks around the table and sees how many officers are around the table and quickly says, how much money is this thing costing me? And we quickly determined him to be a hostile witness and ceased all questioning and dismissed him from the court. Yeah, but hey, we were on a break, right? That's right. Yeah. And there was an applicant that was in there, but (laughs) for whatever reason, he never got hired. Yeah. So with that, the firefighters had the same thing with ice cream. But the additional rule for that, though, is also you have to be recognizable in the photo. Right. It right. can't just be, oh, your cop car was in there. I saw your number. No, yeah, no. that doesn't count. You or have to be seen. If more than one person says that that's you, I'm looking at you, Officer Precious, even though you're probably not listening to this, <laughs> when you're wearing the exact same outfit in the photo as you are when I'm talking to you, and I say that is you, and you go, that's not me, you can't tell. No, I can tell. And it's not just because I was there. If other people can look at that and go, oh, that is Officer Precious. Well, and that's and a funny one as owe. well, because we, for a while, had a trend of putting our nicknames on name tapes on our heavy vests, and it wasn't until we had some big incident, and a one of the reporters came up and said, hey, we took this picture, and we're trying to identify people who are in this picture, and I'm trying to figure out who Officer Precious is, and... Once a sergeant found out about it, he said, nope, no more nicknames on vests, and that went away. Yeah, my nickname's off my vest. I don't have it on there. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's nowhere on there. But, you know, there are some, you know, I came in, and I was, you know, initially slim because, you know, like I said, I was very slight in stature. 
Yep. But then you gave me the great nickname of, you know, if you haven't figured out now, my, uh, you know, GR is my real name, but, you know, it is, you know, initials for my no true nickname, which is Ghost Rider, which I didn't want to use because I don't want Marvel Universe to sue me or DC or, I mean, that's bad of me. But Although the funny whoever, thing is... Whoever owns the Ghost Rider rights, I don't want them to sue me. Which is me funny because it's it, not but. really because of the character of Ghost Rider. Yeah. It's because of that trend that was going around called Ghost Riding the Whip, where you would play a bunch of music on your car and, you know, you'd be dancing outside of your car while your car's in drive rolling down the street. Or you're en route to a disturbance and you're the first one to get there and you get out of your car to handle the disturbance because, you know, that's what we do is jump out and handle business. And as you're interviewing somebody, you realize that your partner's car's getting really close to you. Like, why are you pulling up so close, weirdo? Like, what are you doing? And then you look down and realize the numbers on the side are your numbers and it's your car. And you suddenly realize, uh, this is bad. And then you quickly try to get into it. But when you're a habitual car locker like me, I got to then fumble for my spare key, get my spare key out, get in my car, and stop it from rolling into uh, a trailer because I was in a trailer park at the time. Well, and to make matters worse, one of the people involved in the disturbance tried to be the hero to stop the car and got in front of it and tried to physically... Stop it. Try to try to go after like a tackling dummy. And yeah. then when it didn't happen, he yelled out, oh, you hit me. <laughs> no, I didn't hit you. You jumped in front of my car. <laughs> but luckily, he was not well-liked. And it, not that he was well-liked, wasn't well-liked, but a lot of people came out and said, did you see that guy jump in front of your car? <laughs> I did. Can you fill this out for me real yes. quick? Hey, that was beyond three years ago, so, you know, yeah, can't happen. But, you know, that's how you earn them. And, yeah. you know, that's how you're Mr. Eugene Tackleberry because yeah. you own... What, 58 now? Uh, 59. 59 firearms. Yeah. So, you know, I think I have like 20 subscribers. I'm probably going to lose one or two now because they know you like guns. But, oh, yeah. You know, oh, well. Yeah. That's going to happen. I am. That is how you earned yours. An and ardent supporter of the Second Amendment. Yeah. So uh, some of us get funny ones like mine. Other ones get ones because you remind everybody of Eugene Tackleberry off of Police Academy. Yeah. Especially with uh, how awkward he was with girls for the longest time. I mean, <laughs> when I first met Dan, if it was... So he had what was known as safe girls. Safe girls were like my wife. He knew that because that person was married, they're completely safe. He could have any conversation with them about anything and nothing. But should it be someone where either he didn't know or there's the potential that girl could have been single? It was the complete red face, and nothing but short answers that were always business, and then... Quickly turn around and walk really quickly the opposite direction. <laughs> Very true. The, for the and longest I don't, time. I don't know how I, you know, my wife uh, decided to go on a second date with me, but that's worked out really well. It has worked out very well. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, just eventually the right girl has had to kind of put up with all your quirks. Oh, and there's a lot of them. Everybody always says... All girls are crazy. You just got to find one that has the you know the amount You're of crazy, kind of crazy. Up with. And you know, I can't say that it's not the same for guys. That all guys have some quirks. And women yep. find the one that has just enough that they can put up with, if unless they're trying to fix them. But I don't think there's any fixing us. I think oh we're... no, yeah, I'm well beyond fixing. Yep. All right, so let's get back on track again. We keep going off, but that's just how it's going to go. So we're going to do more kind of big picture things here. 
What are your top three desert island items? Not including shelter, water, and fire. I mean, those are obvious. Okay. You know, you're going to have your tent. You're going to have you have unlimited water and resources. But what are the things that if you suddenly were stranded on a desert island, what are the three things you don't think you could go without? Boy. And we'll keep your wife and the things, those things off too. Like actual items. Oh, okay. Actual survival items, yeah. not things that, you know, yeah, are going to get me in trouble Not activities later. you may enjoy doing, <laughs> but three survival items. Boy. Uh, or not really survival, but like more mental health survivals. Like things that you would okay. have to have. Boy, I don't know. Because, you know, I am, I've got part of my life is, you know, I do... I was a Boy Scout growing up, and I like going camping and hiking and spending time out in the woods. I've gone out there for that, but, you know, as I guess as I get older, uh, and maybe it's just laziness setting in, but I still go enjoy going out and doing that stuff. But I also enjoy just, you know, kicking back and watching TV. I, you know, I don't know uh, what I would... So, I mean, we'll say this is a very modern desert island, so it has electricity, it has wow. cable, it okay. has those things. So it's just the, th- like... We'll say I can spend hours and hours and hours on an Xbox playing games or watching streaming things. So, I mean, that could eat up tons of my time. Okay. So we have Xbox and appropriate, you know, accoutrement that goes with that, you know, your TV and Um, those types of things. I, of course, would have to probably maintain uh, at least some semblance of my arsenal and living on an island. All right, so let's you know let's get into it. we're going to get into it eventually. I mean, I mean in this podcast, but a podcast where you know eventually going to talk about guns. So give me one long gun, one handgun, and I'll give you one extra that you, you would have to take with you on the desert island. Okay, well, and it doesn't have to be from your current collection. If you want to narrow it down that much, but if it's you know this is almost fantasy land, desert island. Yeah, so what does your Disneyland of desert islands consist of? You know, and I'm, I've got, as we said, a bunch. But I would probably say, for a one handgun, I would probably run with a Glock. Uh, and I'm not a nine millimeter fan. I would uh, either go with you know Glock 22 or Glock 21. So that's either the 40 something Western or the 45 ACP. I am for a rifle. I would probably run some type of an AR. For rifle, just because you know, you can carry a lot of ammunition. You can, it's accurate. You can use it for some long-range engagements, uh, but it's also something that's you know light, and you can use it more in close quarters stuff as well. Now, and, would you do like an just an AR platform, like, or would you do actual five five six, or would you go like an AR ten where you could shoot three oh eight through it, or well, like a six five Creedmoor, or you know, one of I those. I would probably, more you know, ground. I have a Colt. And it's not actually the AR-10, but it is the Colt 308, uh, the LE-901. Uh, I have that one. And, and, you know, it it works. That's actually probably a perfect one because you can, with a little adapter, you can actually pop off the upper receiver and pop on a two two three upper receiver. And you put a little, uh, you have to change out like the buffer spring uh, and put a little adapter in the magwell and you can actually change your calibers. So that would provide, I guess, the best of both worlds. Yeah. But I mean, you could put down most animals if you wanted to with five, five, six. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and so that's one know, of the I things that I've always found necessarily without, if you 
did choose to just stick with the five five six, I mean, right. you could have a higher round capacity for the same weight right. as you would three hundred eight. Yeah, three hundred eight, or you know, three hundred blackout, or whatever. It's one of the reasons I've always found it amazing that at least in our state you know the game laws require a minimum of a 224 caliber because and the whole point is to eliminate 223 as a viable round which it's more than viable for hunting yeah i think it's just because you know i'm just completely speculating but part of the thing is you know the ballistics of the 223 they say is it's more of a wounding ballistic than a killing ballistic i mean it's you know they, well and i think part of that also has i mean it's all ammunition dependent. I mean, yeah, we for the longest time were running, you know, fifty-five grain uh, ammo, and the point of that is the fifty-five grain ammo. Uh, it's so light that once it hits something, it will start tumbling and lose energy very quickly, and so you don't have to worry about over penetration uh, with it. Where you know if you're running. A heavier grain bullet you will keep your uh, stability on your round further down through your target yeah, and then you carry more kinetic energy and that kind yeah. of stuff so you have more likely to quote unquote have knockdown power which you know yeah. i know there's you know there's no real such thing as knockdown power right. but there is still you know wounding ballistics that go into that kind of stuff that you know the more kinetic energy you carry usually you know the better it is so AR platform, we'll say, yeah. of whatever, you know, desirable caliber Glock. So then what, you know, are you taking a shotgun? Are you taking a sub gun? Are you taking another, uh, you know, more long range gun? I like would, a, I would a go, bolt action? I probably wouldn't go with a bolt action just because an AR-10 can really do the majority, unless you're really trying to get your, like, a thousand yard shot or something like that. Yeah, but you're on a desert island, so yeah. you, there's no thousand yards to shoot. Yeah, so the majority of your you know, you don't need to reach out that far. Um, but I would probably, you know, I, I've always something that I've wanted for a long time and I've never really, uh, gotten my hands on yet. I haven't even gotten to shoot one yet is, uh, a Chris Vector. It's especially the new generation. You can actually much like, you know, you can swap out calibers, uh, with the gen twos. Um, you can get nine millimeter receiver and just pop out a couple of pins, throw that on and, uh, be good to go yeah no i'd be in there with you so tv xbox you know entertainment system essentially and then some type of handgun stuff or you know firearms stuff so yeah. what's, your, what's your third go-to can't live without you know how big's this desert island is it something that i'm gonna be able to drive on or something that i'm gonna want well, you know a boat you know to... you could probably drive on it you know you're not gonna necessarily you know go on like a big you know canyon tour or something yeah. like that so but, you know, if you wanted to bring your Shelby onto there, you mm -hmm. could. But, you know, I'm not going to necessarily say that it's a drag race island. But, you know, it's your island. You can have it be, you know, I, I'd, necessarily whatever you want it to be. I'd probably go with some type of... <laughs> I know. So, there's a really bad TV series that was on a while ago uh, called Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And... They're sweet. Cigarette I boat want that cigarette boat. <laughs> So the cigarette boat from Thunder in Paradise would be my... Yeah, where, like, it looked like a regular cigarette boat, but then they had, like, an entire underneath part yep. that was, like, as big as, like, an apartment. Yep. Yep. I know exactly. I remember that show. Yep. Good old... But he wasn't Hulk Hogan on that. He was his Terry... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Terry Reynolds? Was that what? Uh, Terry? No, Terry... 
I can't remember. I can't either. I think it actually starts with like an H because I think it's like, or something similar. But anyways, it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm bad with names, I guess, today. Um, all right. I give you that. I would, I would go with a similar thing, you know, having some type of entertainment thing there. I mean, you can do a lot with, you know, Xbox will get you streaming on movies or playing games or, you know, any of those types of stuff. So I would, I would definitely go in there with that on you. You know, having a firearm would be good, but, you know, I didn't necessarily say we wouldn't have food, so I don't necessarily would have to rely on it, and I don't think we're getting invaded. But, you know, if I had to have a weapon where it was also entertaining is, you know, I'd probably bring my compound bow out there. And, you know, something that you could kind of plink around with if you wanted to, or I could hunt with it, or, you yeah. know, if I really needed to, I could, you know, put somebody, something down at 100 yards or whatnot. So I think I would probably take that over firearms, because, you know, in, I would guess if I'm on a deserted island that, um, you know, no one knows that I'm there, so I don't got to worry about pirates coming in and get their rum stash or anything like that. That's so, true. But I would, I would probably take that, because I think that's something that, you know, I can keep myself pretty entertained for quite a long time with a compound bow. And then for the last one, you know, I mean, if I was to go with a, a vehicle like you're talking, I think I'd like, I mean, I've never driven one yet, but I've, I don't know if I've actually rode one yet, but one of the Razors, the like, the, oh, the yeah. RZR, like 1000, yeah. some of that. Cause on an island, you know, that's going to be some fun. And, yeah. you know, I don't got to tow anything. I don't got to, you know, go on long road trips or something yeah. like that is like a, an actual all wheel drive, get anywhere I want type of thing, I think it'd be a lot of fun. But if I had to have something else, and I know that, you know, you can't relate to this, but I would probably would bring a Kindle or something like that, something, some reading material, if I could have like an unlimited amount of, you know, books to read or something like that, you know. Yeah, but you'd be like that old, what was it, Twilight Zone or whatever, where you, you're stuck in the library and then your glasses break. Mm, and then what are you going to do? I can't read any of the books. Actually, there's uh, actually something that, that they should have put Braille <clears throat> on all the keys so that as you learned how to type, you also learned how to read Braille so that all of us would now know how to read Braille because everybody generally knows how to type right now. You know, I don't know if that would work. I don't know either. I'm a, that's just something that... I mean, I have... It was on the internet. It has to be true. Yeah. I I mean, I have a hard enough time, you know, just finding what is it, the F and whatever keys that have the little dents on them that mm-hmm. for indexing your fingers on the keyboard. I have a hard enough time with just that sometimes, but... You know, as far as being able to actually feel the difference. And, I mean, I've got an aunt who's blind, and, you know, she, I mean, she reads Braille, can read Braille and stuff like that. But I just, I don't get it. I can tell you, I have grown to appreciate keyboards more in this last week because my car was in the shop, so I had to borrow someone else's car. And we have in-car computers, and while I took my in-car computer with me and docked it in the other person's car, whoa, it didn't match up to the keyboard yeah. for whatever reason the drivers weren't working so i didn't have a keyboard well, it's because for some reason and i don't understand why but all are we don't all have the same dock in our cars and so looks, when this one looks the same but when you hook it up you actually need for it to go through that process you need the administrative rights on the computer and our it division has our computer so locked down that when you go dock it it won't actually go through that process to connect because you don't have the administrative rights to allow it. Yeah. And so our computers, we have tough books, essentially. I mean, they're MD, whatever. I don't know what they are, but CF-19. Yeah, that's right. So they have these little like stylus pins. So I had to use the stylus pin to type in all my notes quickly you know, as I'm parked on the side of the road. You know, when I, when I had a couple of, uh, you know, reports where I'd write in my car, you know, I had to print them out at the hospital and that kind of stuff. I just undocked it and used it as a regular laptop. But 
I was so reliant on that keyboard to be able to do notes. Even one-handed notes on a keyboard is a thousand times faster yeah. than hunting and pecking with a stylus. And usually on the electronic keyboards, you can't do like a shift yeah. select or something like that. So I wanted to, our chat database we use for that. If you wanted to chat with more than one person, but not everybody in a group, you know, you do the control and then click. Well, I can't hit control and hold it and then click all these things because it doesn't allow you to do that. So I had to either individually talk to people one at a time or select the whole group, which could be people who had absolutely nothing to do, you know, our detectives or our records division or whatever yeah. in the same chat group. It's like, I don't want to talk to all these people. It was very I'm frustrating. I'm usually lucky that enough week. that I don't have to worry about that because I, by the time I come on shift, it's everyone's usually gone. Yeah. And really, most people were on yesterday was because we had a big case that, you know, towards the kept our detectives a little bit late but oh man it was frustrating to not yeah. have a keyboard for that but okay we've been going for quite a while so we're going to kind of wind this down a little bit you know definitely got some you know some of our nerd out for the night for sure so just like we asked on the last one i'm going to go into a little more detail on what these actually are so last time with um lindy which is on the wellness and fitness podcast well that's actually be two ago because you're going to have the one um, the one previous to this would be the one that I did with my son. Um, so I asked her a bunch of questions and it's actually, so more details It's from inside the actor studio. It's kind of an interview show, but it's also kind of more meant to be comedic. And I, again, I'm bad of names today. Forget the person who hosts the show, but Zach Galifianakis does a similar one with between two ferns. I mean, it's just kind of a, you know, sat satirical kind of interview show, but he has what's known as the pivot questionnaire. And I've kind of modified it because some of them, you know, are questions that don't necessarily... I just I just made it so it, it, it makes more sense, I guess, is for lack of a better term, for at least... It's ones I think are easier to... Um, like, I mean, for example, the third question for them is, um, what is something that turns you on? Well, instead of asking them specifically that question, is I changed it to, what is a trait you find most attractive? I think that's something that's easier for someone to answer because you know, what turns you on, it's a completely different, I think, mindset. So I've modified the pivot questionnaire. So don't sue me, whoever initially came out with this. I'm giving credits to the inside the actor studio for the people, but he even stole it from somebody else who did it. But those are what the questions are. And a plan is to ask all of our guests that minus like my son, who, you know, isn't old enough really to understand a lot of these things. And, you know, one of them, what's your favorite curse word where he shouldn't have a favorite curse word. <laughs> so, you know, because he's never heard any of them. No, he's, you know, his mom is definitely, you know, perfect when it comes to language. But we'll go with you. So these, there's 10 questions, whatever, off the top of your head. If you want to add, like, why or give any details, you can. If it's just, this is what it is, and we'll move on to the next one. That's up, kind of up to you. Okay. And there's no right or wrong. It's just kind of first thing that comes to your mind or if you really have a hard opinion one way or another. But for the first one, what is your favorite word? Oh, I don't know if I really have a favorite word. Um, yeah, I. So we'll change it. Maybe we'll go. What's your favorite? Like, like a phrase or like a a motto or something. Like something that either use a lot or you know minus curse words because that's coming up later. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, you hear me? Uh, I, I think aside, aside from the, did you see that episode of South Park where yeah. dot dot dot? I think a phrase I hear you say a lot, and it's. You know, it can be applied both in positive situations and negative situations. But, you know, we do hear you say a lot is um, the minus not to reason why, but to do it. Oh, that, yeah. Um, yeah. From whatever that old poem is. 
And, you know, and part of that is trying to, sometimes you don't always agree with the decisions that you're be, that are being made and you just have to, you know, suck it up and deal. And when you're the uh, grunt being thrown into the machine, you got to just run with it. Yep. Nope. I've said something. Yeah. That, you know. No, I agree with that. Yeah. So with that, and this might be either easier or harder, what is your least favorite word? And that could be, like I said, something that even is a word that you don't believe should be a word or something that you don't like to hear other people say or something that every time you hear it, it just drives you absolutely nuts. You know, I don't really think that I have a, a word that just irritates me. I know that, uh, yeah, I don't know. See, it's for me, it's easy, and it's a newer one. But when people say on fleek, it drives me absolutely nuts. See, I guess my thing is when somebody says that, I don't even know what they're talking about. It's instead of saying on point. So like if I was to say, hey, your outfit's on point today, they would say, oh, it's on fleek. It's not like it's an easier word to say or that it saves me any time. It just makes you sound stupid. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the same as like when people say lit. It really, it it's not replacing something to make, you know, I'm not going from saying, um... I mean, I can't even think of a word that like I exchanged with another one to make it easier to, you know, instead of saying did not, I'm saying didn't. I mean, it's not even like that kind of easy transition. It's just whatever. When, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of my uh, genuine, or I guess, I don't know how to necessarily say it, but the fact that I don't necessarily enjoy being around people who identify as being hipsters and they say yeah. those types of things, that maybe that's why I don't like the word. But, oh, man, when somebody says it, it brings up like... Some emotions that, you know, it's best for me to just to walk away and not say anything. What were we talking? We were talking at work uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about, I know it's going way back, but we're talking about, uh, we had to actually look up the proper term for it, but the colloquial term for something, and I'm trying to remember. I remember the conversation, but I cannot remember what we were talking about. Well, I know, like, I mean, like, you know, using the phrase guys, you know, the colloquial term is just, you know, a group of people essentially is, you know, it doesn't have a necessary gender related to it, but I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. It'll come up. You'll be back on. We'll figure it out. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So that was number two. Number three, what is a trait you find most attractive? And you Mm. can say if it's a physical feature or you can say if it's a personality trait that, you know, or I wouldn't something that I would probably go with personality trait and, I mean, I would have to say loyalty. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that I'm mean, it's your trade, your choice. But you know, in in our relationship that we've had, you know, together for as long as we know each other, that you're one that loyalty goes a long way. And once you ruin that loyalty, yeah, that's pretty you much it. Burn that bridge, it is gone. Yeah. What is a trait that you would then find least attractive? I'm guessing probably has something to do with you know dishonesty <laughs> or disloyalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to, uh, I'd certainly have to agree with that. There's, uh, uh, I've had times where, you know, I've been stabbed in the back by people that I would, you know, thought were friends and, you know, it certainly, uh, didn't sit well. And I, or that I've had, you know, friends stabbed in the back by, you know, other people and, or family members and, you know, I'm one that very easily can write people off. And just as like this person doesn't exist to me anymore. No, I would agree. I mean, that's sometimes, sometimes I mean, you it's do difficult. hold in very high regard. 
sometimes it's difficult because I, you know, can't remove the problem child from my environment, but yeah. Yep. So I think I know the answer to this, but you know, it could be different. What is your favorite curse word? I drop the F bomb quite a bit. In fact, I even got a talking to on more than one occasion at work about it. And I think I've had had a talk with you about it. So it's, yeah, I, uh, I can see that, but it is, it's an adjective that is well. It can be an adjective. It can be a yeah, noun. It can, it can use, be a verb. I mean, it can be a, you know use it any. Yeah, it's a and, very globally you, you know used term. It's just right, and, and sometimes you got to do it to get your point across. Right, and you know, in sometimes you have to speak, speak to people in the language that they understand, and you know, which involves using that. But you know, I will. Uh, Drop an f bomb, uh, you know, frequently just as a casual part of conversation. It's not that, you know, I'm doing it out of anger or anything. It's just a casual part of the conversation. You know, it's a, in most cases an adjective to just about, you know, anything else. You know, I generally am not referring to the, you know, as the verb or you know, but yeah, just an adjective. Uh, and I'll, you know. Uh, say shit a lot too. You know, that was something that I, uh, and maybe it's partially because of my experience and, you know, the, not only my career, but also in, you know, as in the firearms world, you know, I, you know, when generally when you are dealing with other alphas, so to speak, you know, the, warriors that stand on the wall, you know, generally are not the, the upper crust of people who are all prim and proper, you know, they're the people that are down in the dirt and, you know, they'll talk to each other and give each other shit and they will, you know, it's not meant maliciously. It's just, you know, it's common phrasing. Yeah. So, so this one, you know, I think it's probably going to be, these next couple are going to be, you know, you got to, Probably think more, but what sound or noise do you love? You know, I would probably say the most recognizable sound in the world. Is that a shotgun racking? Oh, yeah. You rack that shotgun, everybody knows what that is. And I think there's actually been some study that actually said that that's the most recognized sound. I think the second most recognizable sound is the um, the sound of an AK-47 going off. It's yeah. like, it's what they've said is the second most recognizable because it's how prevalent it is to be going off in people's modern day or everyday lives in well, most and, other countries. And I mean, it's not specifically a shotgun, but I, you know, I will say that I will hear, if I can hear like an action cycling on something, I'm, it piques my curiosity and I'm like, oh, but then does it drive you nuts when you hear it on TV when it's a gun that does not need to be cycled oh, at the time? But that's not necessarily the sound that I'm having a hard time with. It's the tactics and the weapons handling of the people. Because, yeah, I, I mean, people who it's like every room they walk into, they either press check their gun or they, you know, will cycle their action. And it's like, I just okay. think it's funny when they take... I mean, if it's not a 1911, there's no or a, an old school cowboy action gun. There's no reason to cock the hammer back. Yeah. But you'll see them do that. It's like I'm pointing this gun at you, which you know anybody who's in the firearms game, that's one of the rules of the firearm safety is you don't point your gun at anything you're not willing to shoot. But they're yep. pointing it at them. 
with her finger on the trigger, which also a fallacy of um, doing that in real life is you don't put your finger on the trigger until you're on target and ready to shoot. But then they'll so they'll point it at you. They'll have their finger on the trigger, and then they'll give you commands because they want you to do something else. And then you won't right. do it. But then, well, to know the I mean now I mean business. I'm gonna jack the hammer back. Yeah, it's like n- no. It's, well, and the whole you know. Hollywood gets firearms handling wrong, I mean, so many times. One of the ones that I'm probably the most impressed with, though, is watching the John Wick movies. Yeah. Because I will say uh, Keanu Reeves actually did a lot of training with uh, the folks at Terran Tactical. Yeah, he went down there a lot. And he was running a lot of three guns. He's a legit gun handler. Yeah. I've seen his videos. He's... He's got some. I mean, I can't say how he would do in a real no, live but, gun fight, but, but you know, I will say competitive uh, shooting. One of the things we hadn't really addressed is I've been a firearms instructor for uh, years as well, and you know, a lot of what he does. I mean, not everything because there's Hollywood that takes place, but a lot of what he does. I mean, it's right on point with you know firearms training. So there's uh, you know he has actually you know put in his time to. And so when I'm watching that, it's far more realistic than you see on most yeah. Hollywood. And you know, get you know, off not off target, but off of war. But Keanu, that he's a humble dude. Yeah, he I is. Really, like as a person, he's a he's a cool dude. I mean, I'm not going to say that his acting is top notch, but in the roles that he did, had a lot of success in, where he plays like you know Neo in the Matrix and John yeah. Wick, where it's not a lot of dialogue because. Yeah, he does kind of have that, you know, everybody makes fun of the way that he kind of, you know, he's got that Captain Kirk really choppy. Yeah. Um, but John Wick is one of those movies that's creeping up on my list of, you know, I can sit and watch that. If it, if it pops oh, on, absolutely. I'll usually watch it. And it's because, you know, the gun handling's in there. And, you know, yeah, I'm a dude who's, you know, generally probably considered to be more alpha male. And I'm in a, you know, a profession where, you know, violence is a, you know, everyday action that you more often take it on us than we reciprocate. But... To me, I could watch that, you know, quote unquote, senseless violence and, you know, find it to be entertaining because I see that it's not reality. Right. I don't, I can right. disassociate it, you know, I don't, you know, I don't support vigilante justice. I don't think that that's necessarily the answer to most things. But in that movie, in that context, when, you know, he gets his dog killed and he goes and wreaks havoc on it. And then the next one, when he gets his car stolen, those are to me, you know, the equalizer is the same thing. I like yep. that movie. The Expendables, the first one. Where it's just, you know, the bang, bang, shoot em up movies. I can sit there and just zone out and watch those. It's Absolutely. It's perfect ways for me to decompress. So as a character, John Wick's cool. But as a just a person outside of Hollywood, Keanu Reeves, and I've, super humble dude. I've heard he lives I mean, I've never very, met him, but. I've heard he lives very modestly. You know, he's not one of, like a regular Hollywood big shot where he's taking all his money and he's going living in a, yeah, you know, he rides the subway in, yeah. in New York all the time. He's yeah. he got pictures and he's, you know, giving up his seat. You know, he's not someone who thinks that he's holier than thou just because yeah. he's, you know, quote unquote an actor. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. So what's the sound or noise that you hate? Uh, you know, <laughs> I will say I'm not a fan of country music. And <laughs> that is like one thing that, you know, I will listen to just about anything. I will listen to classical music. I will listen to uh, rap. I will listen to hard rock. I'll listen to speed metal, but I cannot stand country music. What about like death metal, like Slayer, where they're just like oh, yeah. swallowing the mic and yeah. screaming? I can listen to that. I mean, 
it's in a lot of it's mood dependent. You know, it's like I'll listen to a lot of speed death metal type stuff when I'm working out because, you know, it's helps like get that heart rate going and get you energized. But man, I just, I've never been able to embrace country music. So I would say that's something that I hate. All right. I'll take it. I mean, it's your answers. So these should be, should be a little bit easier. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, um, and I know that, you know, you were going to be a cop from the time that you were like three years old and decided, yeah, but yeah, I always wanted to, um, you know, I had two regrets in my life and one of them was not finishing my Eagle Scout and one, the other one was not joining the Marine Corps out of high school. And, a uh, bunch of the guys that I know said I probably wouldn't have left had I gone in. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, potential military career, yeah. we'll say. Yeah. So, what profession would you not like to do, regardless of the money? If I said, hey, I'll pay you a million dollars a year to Being do this Being a cop job. in Seattle, there is no way. There is not an amount of money worth being a cop in Seattle. Now, Seattle proper or Seattle area? Uh, Seattle proper. Working for the city of Seattle. I mean, the climate that has been created there and... You know, and there's other cities throughout the nation that are like it, but the, you know, anti-law enforcement, you know, uh, climate, the hands-off climate, the, in fact, what's been going on lately is, quite frankly, the rendering criminal assistance that's been going on with the city council, you know, with the let's help people do drugs, let's help people, you know, violate the laws. Uh, yeah, there's no amount of money that you could pay me to work over there. And hey, for those listening that may be cops in Seattle, you know, I feel for you guys, but man, you need to find someplace else, someplace where you'll be appreciated. Yeah. And right now they're having a, I've heard they're having a mass exodus yeah. and they're one of the highest paid in the U.S. Yeah. You know, not just in Washington and not just in their area, but in the whole country. I mean, you know, Washington state in general gets paid very well for law enforcement compared to other states. Yeah. We're on the higher end. And I'm but not saying that the Seattle cops are bad. Oh, no. It's just the environment that they have to work in. I I couldn't deal with it. You know, it's, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the Flint um, documentary on there. Yeah. You know, those cops don't get paid very well. And I'm not saying none of them are, I haven't seen the, you know, much of it, but I'm not saying even we're bad, but they're in just in a bad situation. Oh, where absolutely. You just, you know, you're at a point where the only thing keeping you there is loyalty or fear of moving on to something else yeah. that, you know, a lot of them just need to know when it's, when it's time to leave. I mean, I'm sure it was the same way, you know, uh, you know, in Ferguson after the, that whole issue happened, yep. um, in Dallas, you know, they're having a hard time, re you know, recruiting people. And that was one that, you know, everybody always heard about. And I'll tell you what, their chief was gangster <laughs> yeah. taking out that active shooter and, you know, do checking off the box and saying, okay, you know, drop a building on the guy. And so, you know, that would be a chief I wouldn't mind having, yeah. but they're still having that mass exodus, you know, once he left and all their kind of stuff, it's just the political climate can make places very difficult to work. Well, and it's difficult uh, a lot of times. And, you know, the person that rises uh, because of the, uh, the nature of the selection process for uh, the police chiefs and other administrators tends to be a very political process. And so somebody who rises to the top isn't always, you know, 
the best rising to the top. They're just the person who's the most political. Yeah. No, that's definitely like in any job, you know, sometimes it's not the most deserving person that gets the job, but it's sometimes the most, uh, not influential, but someone who can have the best, who can smooth the best and kind of, you know, but even in, it the best but even in like stuff. Seattle, you know, having a new police chief, you could have a gangster police chief in there mm-hmm. and you know, you can't stop what has been created in Seattle just by having, Oh, well, we have a jurisdiction like that just right around where we are at that yeah. there, they have a, you know, essentially a volunteer mayor, but that mayor controls the police department yeah. and has rendered them all but ineffective. Yeah. If not useless and they can't, you know, you can have whoever you want. They've had multiple police chiefs in there in the time that I've been here, and no one's been able to write that ship. And yeah. really, I would I would write that department off if I was them and they're I'm, their citizens. I would say no more. Bring in the county, have them take over because what? And I'm not saying all the cops out there are bad. No, not at and all. I'm not going to name names on where that's at. But it is, you know, we do hear stories that are very accurate of the conditions that they're having to work in and the quality of the product they're able to put out because of how much their hands are tied for different reasons. I couldn't imagine doing it. No, No. thanks. All right. So last one, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You know, I listened to uh, your, I guess it's now going to be two podcasts ago. And I really liked Lindy's response, which was, you know, it was all worth it. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'd want to hear him say. I mean, I would be looking forward to meeting up with, you know, my parents again and my grandparents and, you know, and just, uh, living out eternity with, you know, loved ones who've made it along, but, uh, nothing, yeah. nothing specific you'd hope he'd say to you. Yeah. That's right. You yeah. Know, sometimes you don't have an answer. Yeah. Well, Eugene. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, been a interest, you know, a fun. This is definitely our longest podcast to date. You know, a little bit of technical difficulties in there. I'm sure you hear some background noise, and I'm sure you can notice the the fan that was cooling us down as we're both sweating <laughs> right now uh, was taken away. So I'm sure that background noise is, you know, the change that you had seen. But I appreciate everybody for sticking in there. Um, we're gonna have you know more episodes coming out soon. Uh, make and sure I'll to follow back. us. Yep, Eugene's can definitely be one that's on here. He's been excited to get on. We've been trying to coordinate our schedules. He's, you know, taking the summer off of work, so trying to <laughs> get him one in. One of the perks of seniority. Yep, getting him in to uh, come in. But, uh, you know, to follow us on all the new episodes when they come out, make sure to definitely follow us on Instagram at Discussions Around Our Table, as well as, you know, anywhere you do consume. Uh, make sure to subscribe and send us a review, either on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Google Play. Uh, once I get enough episodes, I'll be out on Spotify. You can find me on Podbean. So make sure to go to any of those. All of them are at discussions around our table. And we'll see you on the next one. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved. We do not represent any organization, current or former employer, agency, community, group, government, entity, or individual presence during the recording. The host of discussions around the table and their guests are not subject matter experts in the topics that are discussed unless strictly expressed by the host or their guests. Any information given on the podcast is done so in good faith, if no malicious intent, or intentional misrepresentation. While the hosts and their guests have taken every precaution to ensure the content is both current and accurate, errors can occur. We make no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information on this podcast. We should not be held liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its use. It is the listener's responsibility to verify their own facts and formulate their own opinions. 
listener should consult with a licensed professional familiar with their particular factual situation for advice before making any legal, financial, business, or personal decisions based on the information from this podcast. Any action taken based on the information of this podcast is strictly your own risk.